Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, it's me, Joel, a playwright and performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. And welcome back to D42. It's our best friend podcast where yes. we talk about whatever, whatever the friendship we want. But it's so wholesome, friendship. Eh? friendship. Yeah. Mm, I just like, I have a, I'm slightly tipsy and I'm just feeling slightly? S- yeah, so much love Sis, for you right now. We Kishan. are one bottle in. Slightly is a hey, bit of an understatement. It's huh? only Wednesday. Oh, is it Thursday? Today's what uh, day? Today is Thursday. La. See, I'm about already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today is a special day. Like oh, that. what is the special day? Today please? is Teacher's Day. Oh, who cares? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I had a very good Teacher's Day. I'm very excited. Okay, what was like, so like, good about like, Teacher's it was Day? A, it was a good Teacher's Day because, I don't know, it's... Okay, whenever there's Teacher's Day, I always feel very happy because not only is it a day that celebrates us, but it also means... The year, the year is coming to an end. We only have one more freaking term, and then we are done. So, what was especially good about today's Teachers Day? Uh, that I didn't have to do any teaching. That it was all just celebration. That the boys were really sweet, and that they gave us like notes and like presents. And you know what? The boys, <laughs> <laughs> the kids have actually. I mean, it's no secret that they listen to the podcast, right? Mm. And we've had, in fact, we welcome them. Yeah, if you are listening, we welcome you to guys. the podcast. Hi. So they, they all give me like uh, gifts related to tea. So I got a lot of tea bags. And I got a lot of like different sort of teas and a cup that says, uh, that's the tea, sis. Oh, <laughs> it's also because you say sis so much on this podcast. Because it says sis yeah. a lot on this podcast. So it's, it's been great. I so wonder I really if they like also it. understand the kind of obscene uh, meaning of teabagging. I oh, I'm sure. But they now do. that I brought it up, they'll probably Google. I'm it. sure. You know, you know. There's a lot of terms that have come up. I there's actually a term called guacamole penis. Have you heard of that? I really don't want to know. It's if basi- it has anything to do with smegma, I'm out of. This it's chat. not. Okay, it's good. basically when someone doesn't have lube nearby and they have guacamole, so they use the guacamole. As Luke. Hey, that's not okay. It's Seriously, a real that thing. Is, that, be- is, that is not okay. All I'm thinking about are infections that can occur, right? Like, how is that okay? That That, that is just truly not okay. Yeah, so you know what? Teabagging is in the bag for them. A guacamole penis. They're, they're right. They've graduated to guacamole penis. Okay, I'm so sorry to open this episode on such an unsavory <laughs> note. But boys, no! Boys, if you're listening, cannot, ah? Uh? Guacamole penis. Take it from your elder. Really, you don't want any kind of like... <laughs> Bacteria-laden substance near your glands. Okay. Yeah. Just take it from auntie. Take it from auntie. Auntie said no. Uh, speaking of auntie, <laughs> <laughs> I told you we'd find a Thanks, nice guy. <laughs> wow, she pushed out Loban. Can't wait to come in. Yeah. So as uh, I don't know if you can tell, but like there's a third voice in the room and it's not a ghost, <laughs> even though it's seven months. <laughs> Uh, it's another episode of Tea for Two for Three, and we've got a special guest spot open. I'm gonna let Kishan introduce our special yes, guest for the week. It's my dear, dear, dear friend Kit. So we've known each other for like I think 16 years. Uh, we've not we we went the same secondary school. We went to JC together, uh, and we became fast friends since then. Uh, from from JC onwards, right? Uh, we have we have a lot of stories to share from our JC time, which we'll <laughs> get to, but. Kit is a dear friend and yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. Hi Kit! Hi Kit! Hello! Hi! Thanks, I'm so I'm so happy to be here. How was your day today? 
It was great. Yeah. I did something really bourgeois. What? what did you I do? just went for a facial. Yeah. Dear listeners, when Kate walked into my room and this, I haven't seen her in a very long time, right? I was like, the first thing I said to her was, wow, your face very shiny. Really? Like, her face is glowing. It was a 23k facial. 23k gold facial. Wait, wait. 23, so, wait, it cost 23k? No, they used 23k gold, like 23, 23 karat, karat gold, gold, and they massaged it into my face. But isn't gold an inert metal? What I have no idea. I don't know the science behind it. But I, they just I don't know what happens. massage it. And okay, you haven't seen me in a while, but I have a lot of freckles, and okay. a few I mean, just still there. went away. Yeah, but oh. but it's it's so much less. Wait, so the gold got right. rid of the freckles? I have no idea what happened. Why? You know why? <laughs> money can truly get you anything. Yes, anything. Well. <laughs> money can do anything. Well yeah. done. Okay, well, I mean, even if it doesn't work, right? It's there's still an appeal to saying. I had 23k go applied yep. to my face It's true, facial. that was literally Who what happened. Who are you, kid? You're truly yep. I know. living <laughs> I know. the life. <laughs> bourgeois life. <laughs> yes, thanks. Okay, right. anyway. Today's episode, which is an episode of T4243, is going to yes. be another deep chat episode where the three of us go deep, hot and sexy yes, into the topic of relationships, relationships and sex. Ooh. <laughs> You su- have to make that sound know, we are, terrible. We're such obvious aunties. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so, Kit and I started to get really close. Like I said, we knew each other in secondary school, but we started to get really close when we were in JC. And we hung around a lot. Like, I think every every day. We were in the same CCA. I introduced you to your first girlfriend. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She, she really did. She really did. Huh? And, um... And I was the president of the CCA club and she was the secretary. Salacious. You know? Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very gendered there. But it was yep. very gendered. Yeah, yeah, it is. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah, but. but <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. Oh my god. Secretary is a woman's job. You don't know, man. Of course, of course. That's our place. I knew my place. <laughs> yeah. Pomo wine. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, we were very close and it was clear to everyone that we, we were very close and we, and we were very, very good friends and we went home together almost every day. I think like I, I, I would walk home from school like, and we would pass by your house so it seemed like I was walking you home right. every Aww. single time yes. and, <laughs> and people started to have the idea that not, not far-fetched idea that we were dating, yeah. right? And it was really bizarre. I think from both our and this went on to home right so uh, like you would visit my place and everything and I would go yep. over to your place yep. and our parents had very weird reactions to dating yes. like my like myself dating a Chinese girl or they think I was dating a Chinese girl they thought I was dating a Chinese girl and your family thought you were dating an Indian guy yes and they had very weird ideas about it yeah the first time I think I lent you a backpack or something and then you wow. you came oh basically to my- you were married <laughs> <laughs> Backpack done. <laughs> so you came to my place during the first day of Chinese New Year to return it to me. Did I? Yes. So of course back then That seems very rude. <laughs> <laughs> well you bought two oranges. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kisha Kisha's very conscientious. He that is, way. Sin absolved, yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it didn't seem like such a big deal. It's a public holiday and you had time, so you brought the bag back to return it to me. But then you also like pioneer with my parents. Right. And after that they were so disturbed. They were disturbed. Yeah, they were disturbed. Tell me more. Subsequently, later on that night, we hung out at another relative's house, as we usually do during Chinese New Year. And this other aunt came to me and was like, Oh, you know, if you want to date in future, you shouldn't date a a Hak Yan, which is like a black person in Cantonese. Oh my god. Yeah, and I I obviously knew where that came from. 
Right, right? Because I had just visited earlier in the morning. Yeah, and I was very upset because I, my mom, I knew that it was my mom who shared the story with my aunt. Right. And Not I, just I, shared, right, but really kind of like, hey, what to do, uh, what to do. Uh. Yeah, and it was yeah. so rude. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the ultimate Joel, un- you, I'm the you, ultimate you have channeled this, yes. this spirit yeah, yeah, yeah. very correct, good correct. I think it was exactly like that mm, hey, <laughs> so, hey what to do ah, yo rain it in sis yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, and that's exactly how a Cantonese person yeah. <laughs> reacts yeah correct, so, correct. Mm. So, drinking soup <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, don't let a man so, drop your story please sorry so, so it was yeah, it was like that and I was just so angry and I'm someone who doesn't like, I, I don't like it when my aunt's butt in. So, essentially when they did that, I was just like, what's wrong with, um, you know, a black person? But I couldn't say all that in Cantonese. So, I was just like, okay, whatever. Then I just walked away. Right. Um. So, language was your barrier? Yeah, language was my barrier. <laughs> it really was. It's so, like, yeah, your, yeah, <laughs> your but, politics end at language. Yes, but what I did was I would ignore them and they would be like, soy loi pao. Yeah. They call you soy loi pao. Means what? Which is like wretch. Like, yeah, it's a Ratch. particularly yeah. like Ratch unpleasant version <laughs> of the xiao long pao. Oh my <laughs> Wait, but, awful. but how did your parents react, Kish? So my parents like uh they, they they knew of a kid from secondary school. They heard of her from secondary school, like this name kid, right? And then when they finally saw her, they fully thought we were dating. And then my mother would come into my room or would talk to me and go like, uh <laughs> she will skirt around the she will skirt around the issue like like oh are you seeing anybody like uh who uh, do you have any other girlfriends like I then I go like yeah I have kid like but, and right. and like and I would name some other friends like uh they're all Chinese ah they no she she would she would not actually <laughs> say like why are you dating a Chinese girl she would not come out and say it but she definitely had judgments about it and she once in a while would just like non sequitur no she was like. Uh, it'd be good if you can find an Indian girl lah. Like she would just Out of nowhere Just say this But all of this started very much When After they met you For the first time yeah, yeah. So Wait, it was just oh, like right. I, I didn't find it I didn't get angry I just found it damn amusing I was like Oh my god This is very stupid So it's very <laughs> interesting My mom had comments like that After After that Whenever I came back from a camp And I would be Or, or came back from the beach Or something And I would be really tanned And she'd be like Oh it's as if I have an Indian daughter. Oh, oh shit! My God, right? <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. It was very rude. There is a lot of that. It was very yeah, rude. That yeah, that is. Actually, intense. I remember now, right, when I was in JC too. You know, and JC is kind of like the age where you start dating yeah. theoretically, right? I came, I brought like um one of my classmates home who was a Malay, um girl, and yeah, like this was the first woman that my parents had ever seen because I went to a boys' school, right? And then they were like, <laughs> wow, Joel, who's that? You know, they were, I mean, they are generally a bit more flexible about it because my parents are but very that, like... That sounds very yeah, my parents. My parents are very under one roof one, so it was okay. <laughs> yeah, but there was a kind of, but there was also kind of like, oh, a Malay girl. Uh, you know, right. so there's a kind of like... Judgment to it, right? I don't know, like tension, I think, when it sure. comes to interracial dating in yeah. Singapore. Can we back up a little bit? So Damien, your partner, you're married, right? But he, he is Mauritian. Yes. How, how was that? How was that whole meeting when you went over? Because you're a... Obviously, Chinese yeah. girl, uh, woman, and I'm a woman. Yes. Yeah, you're a woman. Yes, and <laughs> and you went over to and so you you were X number of years into dating Damien, yeah. and then you went over to meet his parents yeah. in Botswana. How mm. how did they take this interracial marriage? They were great. oh not marriage, interracial Actually, dating. I yeah, guess. they were so warm. In fact, the very first <laughs> night. Can I just say, can I just start like, 
Yeah, Singaporean parents take so a note. Yeah. Like, yeah, really be, be warm. Yeah. yeah, be warm. Listen yeah. up. <laughs> so, so they were so warm. In fact, the very first <laughs> night, the dinner itself, the mom was like, "Call me mom." Whoa! Oh, that's really really yeah. sweet. And it was so unnerving because I was like, "Okay, I've never called anyone else mom before, but right? we're not married." But okay, I'll call you mom since you said it. Yeah, Aww. I think that's really yeah. really really sweet. Yeah, and his family was just so nice. It's very his family is actually very different from mine. But sure. then, like on the Singapore side, like, how did they take you dating someone? Yeah, like, I'm so what, actually, curious what is, to find what out. What is his ethnicity actually? He is a Creole. Creole. So that's like a a French mix, a uh, white white and black mix. I see. White and African mix. So the, the history is slavery. Basically. Oh gosh. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, so. I mean, so much of so so much history is. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how in T four two we keep coming back to this notion yeah. of like you know why empire. because we are intelligent people. Kishen, it's true. It's true. Can't, Kind of voice you struggling with avoid. it. Yeah. No, yeah, it's it's so much part of history. So, so it was like that for Damien as well. Um, and for my family, Damien continued calling my mom Mrs. Ho until the day we got married. Mrs. Ho. Yeah, Mrs. Ho. Like a CPF officer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but why? Is it because your parents were like really? My mom never went that you can call me mom. In oh. fact, even on the day on the day that we got married, my mom said. You can now call me what my daughter calls me, which is <laughs> mother. And then, it's like, and what do you call ma? ma. Woman who birthed yeah. me. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, 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 I want to go back to when you first <laughs> broke the news to your parents okay, that you were right. you were so dating when I, when I uh, non-Chinese. Um, it was quite interesting. My mom struggled with it. My father was. Um, pretty cool. My father is like I don't know whether it's a traditional Chinese thing, but my father was not very involved. He's there, you know, he's there, but mm. he doesn't quite. Uh, I don't know. It's my mom, like it's my mom that we are close to. It's my mom that we'll go to when we right. when we have problems and stuff like that. Okay. So, so my mom, uh, we struggled. She she struggled with it. So the first time I told her, I think she, and because I'm as the eldest child, I've been quite rebellious. So <laughs> mm. so you can tell she really didn't want to drive me away. And at that time, I was staying at home. So one day, she ambushed me during dinner. She ambushed she you. She ambushed me. Good and then parenting she went skills. <laughs> yeah. After I Listen told up. her. Yeah, correct. So wait. So sorry. Backtrack. The first time I told her, she went. Are you sure he's not with you for the citizenship? Wow. And then my brother was there. My brother was like, "Mummy, you think this is green card, ah? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh no. And then, green card the movie. <laughs> no, like the American. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, exactly. There's also yeah. a movie right. called Green Card. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was. I I didn't know how to respond. Yeah. I mean, I usually just respond in a very antagonistic way. So I was just like, okay, mommy, stop talking. <laughs> right. So, so then. So then when she ambushed me, you can tell why she had to ambush me, right? Because I wouldn't have had a proper conversation. Otherwise, it's my fault as well. So so she sat down and we had that conversation. My mom is a very rational person. Mm. And she and she tried to explain to me um, how she was, how, what her struggles were. And she said yeah. that, you know, she said that, you know, I was brought up that when you're Chinese, you marry into the Chinese community and if you're Malay, it's Malay community. When you're Indian, it's Indian community. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay. okay. And then I said this, but then for us, it was all about racial harmony. Yeah. And then she How thought for a moment, yeah. and she went, "Okay." <laughs> Are you it. serious? <laughs> yes. That wow. was it. That yeah. was the extent of your struggle. That was the extent of my struggle. You wow. are. I love that. You're very lucky. You yeah. are lucky. Yeah. Exactly yeah. what I was gonna say. You are lucky. And that was it. So so uh, yeah. It's so my mom your got mom it. Takes 
takes note of change and evidence and like you know she, as you say she's very rational I've met her yeah. ladies and gentlemen yeah, out yeah. there and everything in between I've met Mrs. Ho she's <laughs> also a huge PAP follower supporter I mean that so, one I assume yeah. from the get so when you say like racial <laughs> harmony policies she's like okay Oh, right. you actually that is very good that we is should very all, smart of you we should all yeah. use government rhetoric to get our way <laughs> huh? you know what I mean exactly. yeah, correct 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 yeah. yeah wow okay then after that so was since after she understood was Damien then welcomed when she first yeah, saw Damien and everything she, she was so, so Damien is very respectful I yeah. think he is re- more respectful than a Chinese Singaporean would be so ah. he is He's so respectful And he's so sensitive right He didn't even Use the toilet For a few months When he was at my place huh, Then how he tahan And he go downstairs And pee in the grass I know he uh. just never pooped <laughs> then Maybe he, he doesn't eat enough fiber I don't know And he didn't dare To take his own water either Huh? <laughs> it was very bizarre Like he wouldn't He would be thirsty And he would tell me Hey could you get me A cup of water And I'm like but You can just get what, it yourself What do you think Accounted for this Like anxiety Like do you think It was just fear Of offending your family Or that he knew That your mum was Watching <laughs> what, 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 be, Had these emotions Towards non-Chinese people And like was just Warming up to I don't her, know their, their daughter dating A non-Chinese Actually, person Actually I, I don't think I don't think my mum Expressed any Like antagonism Towards oh, him okay, My mum was nice. To be fair Very warm And really like Tried to understand mm. him And the moment She got over herself You know what I think that's really important A lot of these things Are struggles that that Our parents generation Have Just in their own Minds You know And you say it right They just need to get over it For themselves Because we are Obviously okay With all of these things Right And then then it was fine And in fact Even when I converted To Catholicism She was Unhappy about it She didn't want to Attend my baptism Mm. And she was like She was like Where's my invite No she came She was like Where's my invite But I won't go anyway Yeah so (laughs) I had to Create an invite I created a card With like You are cordially Invited to my baptism Yeah Yeah, side note here Nobody actually Has invitations to baptisms Oh is it Is it anybody Can attend one Yeah It's It's a public event So (laughs) So Yeah so I had to do that And And so and, And I knew she was um, okay with Damien because after that she also started asking me oh are you all going to church together and she was she started accepting my faith as well actually I think my parents like me more because of Damien you know what Wait, your, your parents actually the growth their growth is actually quite phenomenal yeah then. it's exponential yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually really amazed yeah. I actually know so many people in Singapore right who hide their interracial relationships from their parents because mm. they know that it will be confirmed like Family drama for a few months, yeah. potentially kicked out of the house, that kind of thing. And yeah. I just think like it's you know we say that it's like a generational thing, right? But yeah. It still has like these really like deep seated consequences for people, and it's just really problematic. I think. Mm. So okay, I I want to ask you something. Like, mm. I've known you for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember like at one point, uh, you said that dating Chinese guys in Singapore was. Difficult or not something that yeah. or something that you find a bit of a challenge with. I'm I'm, I'm putting this very yeah. mildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what you said, but I'm sure it was more assuming. Yeah, than yeah. It. yeah but, uh, was it like vomit inducing? <laughs> instead of I, okay, so so I've actually never. I've I've gone on dates with Singaporean Chinese men, mm. but I've never actually committed to a relationship with them. It's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because why, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just I I find it, and I feel like the Singaporean Chinese men that are listening to this right now will get very defensive because it usually is the response that I get. Which is what? I don't don't say it out often. Defensive because it's like, like what's wrong with us? You know? But I feel like, (sighs) 
usually it's, <laughs> it's like a I don't know I think I think that Singaporean Chinese men are too pampered so mm. they're very pampered they don't expect that they would expect that I, I guess that's because that's how they were brought up as like if you're if you're male you are you carry on the family line your parents do things for you you're not expected to do it in fact there was once I went out with a with a Chinese Singaporean Chinese guy and I just asked oh so what's your what's your ideal setup you know in a family and he said that oh he would love to come home and have soup from his wife <laughs> and I mean I'm Cantonese I love my soups correct <laughs> me, me too girl but it's like soup from my wife excuse me the 19th century call yeah and it's like so so what so this this you expect the woman to work as well right so so she would be working and then go home and find time to make soup no girl you. you don't know man it's like before you go to work you put everything in the slow cooker right the slow cooker and then you just now it's a it thermal on. pot ah not thermal pot or instant pot it's, yeah it's insane yeah so, oh, yo. yeah it's things like that that I find just really crazy I mean just I mean arguably it was just that one person but yeah. like yeah. I also okay so this weird thing where now like I'm back in the dating market as avid listeners of this podcast will know because I'm mm. single right single ready to mingle yeah it's, <laughs> and like I realize okay I've never actually properly dated in Singapore before so what's happened is like I've met like people and we've and I've like ended up in like multi-year relationships yeah <laughs> <laughs> so now that I'm pro- I'm trying to date in a more sensible way right yeah. like I realized that I don't really click with a lot of Singaporean Chinese, other Singaporean Chinese guys. So it's not just a straight thing. It's right. a gay thing as well. What's your, what's your experience like? A lot of weird hang-ups and insecurities like about masculinity right. and like roles and like bodies and things like that. Where I just I feel like the non-Singaporean people are just like generally A, a lot more interesting, mm. B, more chill. Can I say something right. here? Yeah, so please. I, I, I think it's very interesting that See, in my head, as you guys are talking about this, I was thinking, well, what about the Singaporean Malay person, Singaporean Indian person, or the Singaporean non-Chinese person right, in general? Right. Is there a difference? And I tend to think that when you are a minority, mm. you tend to view the world a little bit differently. Of and course, and yeah. you tend to have a little bit of a little bit more empathy, a little bit more layered thoughts about mm. about and how the other person is feeling. Mm. And so these challenges or did you, you might not face these challenges when you date a non-singapore non-chinese singaporean yeah you know what i mean so i can right. see why dating singaporean chinese guys yeah, it's like all people these, might, even, might even, even the, the cultural baggage correct even yeah. the gay ones and probably okay so like <laughs> probably even especially the gay ones right i mean like it's no secret that in the gay community in, the gay community in singapore is filled with like intense levels of like racism right. and like fat phobia and all these things because it's like and you would expect better of a minority community right to have better values but the Chinese Singaporean gays in this country are the worst mm. they're so like um judgy I mean they can be so judgy and so like uh, right. insecure and they transfer their insecurities onto you like, I will never forget once going to this party and meeting this guy right and he was like oh you know it's okay Joel cheer up I used to be fat too I've had right. my fat days too oh my god and now and then he's like <laughs> you know, and now and I just like did something about it and I was like bitch what's wrong with you yeah. like there's no sensitivity at all you know to how someone else might be feeling in right. that moment so actually yeah. from a coming from a straight person I mean from a straight person's point of view and I have a lot of gay friends I feel like the gay community has a lot of high standards <laughs> High standards. No, I, yeah, is, I don't know if it's high standards or, or it's just standards or just neurosis. <laughs> neurosis uh, neuro- we are all we are all psycho. Uh. 
Gay men are psycho. We are crazy. It's like we we are so I, I oppressed think, I think by. You yeah. don't put this kind of rhetoric out there in like in like this climate in Singapore. Maybe people, people will latch onto this and be like be more homophobic. Right? Yeah, it's like oh, they are so psycho already. Maybe right, they don't right. deserve like, right. Singapore's top gay say himself psycho. You know. Oh, thanks for thinking <laughs> that. Next headlines. I love that you think I'm Singapore's top gay. <laughs> You think I'm Singapore's top gay? Congratulations, I bequeath you this title. Da, 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 da. Da, da, Star Wars. <laughs> I am Singapore's top gay and I say fuck all of you! <laughs> so right, just before we started recording today, Kishan was listening to uh, well, made us all listen to Celine Dion's I Drove All Night To Be With You. Great I mean, song. it's a great song, banger, right? But banger. then, like, as I was listening to it, I started thinking, either this woman is on meth, right? Because, like, if you're driving <laughs> all night to be with someone, what? it involves some kind of, like, stimulant. <laughs> or, like, she's under the influence of some very corrosive narrative about love and relationships. Love, love. under the influence like, of love. Like, all right, kid, will you drive? All night to be with someone. No, all night left. And I'm married. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. But Celine Dion. I mean, she. I think she had a special <laughs> relationship. Did oh, you see I the forget, performance? I forget. Yeah, I forget. Um. Yeah. Did you have the perf- Did you see the performance about um, where she went all by myself and, and she her sang husband it had just right passed right. Yes, yeah. It was oh, right, so right, right. sad. Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah, sad. yeah. Okay lah. So maybe maybe this maybe is where that's coming from. Different. Yeah, I yeah. think like maybe celebrities exist on a different plane. plane yeah, right. Because driving all night is a short flight away. You know, for them. Yeah. Why didn't she just take a plane? Correct. And plus. Motion sickness, guys. Right. <laughs> I have motion sickness. <laughs> it will These not happen. Very real concerns. <laughs> no, but very real. I guess like what the song gets to is this sense that the person you love is worth this kind of like sacrifice. intense sacrifice, right? Okay, so like since it's Teacher's Day, my friend Lucas, who's a teacher, sent me this thing that like his school's parent teacher group sent to all the teachers in their school saying, like, yeah. uh, thank you all for your service, right? And then they put this quote. A teacher is like a candle. I hate that quote. Yeah, a teacher is like a candle. You burn yourself, you burn yourself. so that you can light the way for others. Yeah. I hate that so much. And honestly, no, right? That's no. not what I believe. Yeah, teachers it's also. coming from someone who was burnt out. Mm. No. Don't burn yourself up for anybody. No. That's Even, not what a teacher should do. So like, yeah. there is also this sense that in romantic... Re- okay, so like romantic relationships is where you could justifiably be that person who burns yourself out for someone else, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I think that's actually one of the most like corrosive it's quite myth. toxic yeah, yeah. Toxic. because it, 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 it then where do where are you in this equation right yeah you are nowhere to be found in this equation there's no self-care there's no self-love yeah then you just die lah yeah <laughs> it's really so terrible I've, I've had i've had people who who think that when you're married with someone you should not have other um of your own friends anymore you should just have couple friends and right. you should do everything as a couple i completely disagree um, I mean, ask me that after a few years. <laughs> I'm still in the relationship, right? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I, I strongly believe that when you are... You you married, you were attracted to that person because of who they are. Mm. So you shouldn't give up that part of you just because you're married. Mm. I strongly believe that. And that's why I like Damien so much. Because we can both be ourselves. Yeah. And I'm okay if he hangs out with other girls. And he's okay with a hang- if I hang out with other yeah. men and stuff like that. And... 
and it's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think there's a healthy level for of me, trust. For me, the idea of this, the one, right, comes yeah. from comes from the fact that you are incomplete as a person. Mm. So the other person needs to come in to complete you. So mm. all these phrases like, oh, you complete me. I haven't yeah. found the one yet. It really pisses me off because yeah. you are a complete person on your own. You don't need any yeah. other person yeah. to tell you it's otherwise. Actually, it's one of the most problematic myths that we live with right now, right? That like, you are somehow incomplete or like inadequate on your own. You need someone to like, help you get through life. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, thanks Spice Girls, you know, like, to <laughs> become one. It's like, no, two remain two. Two remain two. Two remain two individuals. Thank you very yeah. much, Spice Girls. So, right, I've been watching a lot of these YouTube self-help, like, philosophy and psychology videos since I broke up. Uh, yeah. And one of them that I really like is called The School of Life, which is um, run by this philosopher called Alain de Botton, who's written a lot about love. And he's like some kind of like a kind of pop philosopher, but I really enjoy what he has to say about relationships. Okay. So he delivered this lecture that was that basically said that um, we are basically all living under like this great um, narrative uh, which is romanticism, right? That right. you know, like you know, like kid, you know, because you also did English lit at school, right? Yeah. Romanticism, this like cultural movement in the eighteenth and nineteenth century yeah. that yeah. was all about like um, making the emotional and inner life the most primary thing. Yes, where you you know you're always in search of spiritual and emotional fulfillment. fulfillment. Yeah. Uh, and where like the one that you love needs to be that person yeah. who meets your emotional and spiritual yeah. needs right and that like uh, if- Chok, ma, I just want to say non-lit people also know what romanticism <laughs> is huh? I'm just gonna put this out there thanks. oh okay sorry sorry yeah. sorry uh, we're so you know I think if you check must be a bit more inclusive huh? thanks sorry. great mm. <laughs> so it's you know so he was saying that actually this this narrative this myth that we live in we are still living in the age of romanticism he says it's one of the most corrosive myths that we live with and it causes a lot of like pain for people because mm. they feel that somehow on your own, you know, without that spiritual companion, you mm. are somehow, like, incomplete. Right. Right? Um, yeah, and I just think that's very problematic because, yeah. like, then it leads to people doing a lot of stupid things for love. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really unhealthy because I have friends who are perfectly fine on their own and they're very comfortable. But mm. because of this... Um, this myth they feel like they need to date and they mm. need to yeah. be someone they're not and they need to get married for whatever reason and it's not like marriages always end happily yeah, yeah. yeah. that's absolutely true yeah, yeah. Because I, mm. I remember like when I was in JC right like it, it hit upon me that oh at this age I should suddenly start dating you know something like shifted right. in my mind it's like oh now is the time I should start dating and then because like at the time I was like this dowdy little creature right <laughs> and no one would pay attention to me especially all these judgy gay boys at school right mm. no obviously no one like was interested in me and I just felt so miserable oh, you felt I, like you couldn't move on to the next stage yeah, of my life or that I somehow wasn't doing the that right thing that is so toxic and then eh? even in my 20s right it was like you know and you know Kishan of all people right that I, I was, was there. miserable in my 20s because I was like why doesn't anybody want me or why is anyone interested in me right. yeah and and then it hit then because I'm doing late and we're just naturally very smart right kid yes like, of course hit oh. sorry <laughs> it suddenly hit I suddenly hit we're so this. employable <laughs> <laughs> well done yeah no I got my slurs already it's okay <laughs> Like, I, I stumbled upon this realisation. Actually, the culture that we are in feeds us these narratives, yeah. right? Like, rom-coms, um, you know, the, the, the Jane Austen novel, yeah. the Bronte novel, like, the, the novels, I, I believe in literary terms, they're called, like, the, the marriage plot, you yeah. know? Like, the whole trajectory is, like, geared towards getting yeah, married. I mean, yeah, and Forget about all these things, right? It's also just the Asian culture. Yes, like the fact that we true. need to propagate and we yes. need to have children mm. so that we can pass on our family name. There was so much stress mm. when Damien hadn't proposed to me. What do you mean? Because 
we were dating for a while and by Asian standards, it was too long. And so my mom, <laughs> each time I met my mom, yeah. she would be like, so when are you getting married? When are you getting married? It was so freaking annoying. Mm, right. And the day I got married, she was so proud. And I'm she just like, proud? I've done so many things that you could be proud of that I actually worked for. But this, you feel proud of? <laughs> but yeah. okay, like arguably, right? Like, let's say if we look really far back in time and we think mm. about marriage in its most cynical terms as basically a transfer of Yeah, property. an economic yeah, transaction. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's practical, right? It's a mm. way of like, you know, um, getting property or whatever. Yep. Um, that was quite separate from what we see today, which is like, oh, love is this thing that fulfills yeah. you and it completes you. So not only are you fulfilling a practical function, but you're also like, we are told... Um, completing your life journey in a way, right? Yeah. You are, mm. All your proceedings to this, but actually, it's really problematic because I then how do you account for people who are actually very happily single? single. Yeah. yeah, but also then I'm thinking the people who are single cannot be happy. What, what do you mean? Why? Oh, because you're in, always under re- this narrative. Yeah, because oh, you're yeah, always yeah, yeah. reminded that mm. you haven't done enough, so you no. could be really good, and it becomes like a oh, but I'm good at my job. No, you but, know, but it yeah, shouldn't they be have a... to find something else to excel in yeah. to, to prove that they are above this narrative. Exactly, like, they have to make they have to do the work. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not we're obviously we're not saying that single people can't be happy, but like sure, I think course, under yeah. this narrative, in the same way under capitalism, no one can be free, right? Under yeah. this like <laughs> under this narrative, under this romantic narrative, there is something deficient about you until you find the one, right? Yeah. And like I I can and that's caused like in my life caused me a lot of like unhappiness, yeah. and then like I look at some of the relationships that I've gotten into, right? And I realized that, oh, actually, I made some pretty poor choices about, um, you know, relationships and dating because I was so eager mm. to move out of singlehood into, you know, companionship. Right. Mm. To the point where, like, both those relationships, like, um, one more than the other, drained a lot out of me. Right. Right. I was willing to, like, literally lay myself out on the table to yeah. be feasted upon. And, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's so dramatic. So I've, I've <laughs> always wondered about, about gay relationships mm. because... For heteronormative relationships, you can get married, right? Mm. There is that institution of marriage that sort of legitimizes your relationship in mm. that sense. But then for gay people, especially in the context of Singapore where you mm. can't get married, then what's the the end point in that oh, sense? Like, you know? You get a condo and move in together. <laughs> yeah. Is this new they are called condo gays? Yeah, we've talked really? about this. Yeah, they're called condo gays. It's like Oh, cannot get BTO ah. Okay ah, we're going to get a condo long because you know gays are very high flying and they can afford of course, and of also right? they, cannot, they cannot get they cannot get yeah. flats right? or you know if you right? can't if you <laughs> this is going to be so bitchy but you know if you can't get the wedding cert you get a dog law and then <laughs> you dog. yeah you make a very big show and dance of walking your dog in together as a couple in yeah. front of right. like look the, at fluffles yeah, in front yeah. of the whole neighborhood of everybody to see or every mm-hmm. Sunday you invite your friends over to have like right. bagels and it's brunch. like a checklist of normalcy yeah oh because if you think, God, so if you think about okay, I mean if one aspect of marriage basically is the public declaration of your yeah. commitment to each other, right? So yeah, if you just walk the dog to the neighborhood public, well, everybody can see. Right. So that's a marriage lah. <laughs> no, I mean, I kid. Like, I've been to some very beautiful confirmation ceremonies here, mm-hmm. which is you know, technically not legal in this country, right? But I've okay. been to weddings where like same-sex couples get confirmed right. in front of like an audience of their friends and family and it's been very, very moving. Now we're on the topic of marriage, right? You know, like, weddings now have moved in because of this COVID times it's moved mm. into this whole Zoom arena right and Kit you were saying that you were very for it. it yeah so that's that's interesting like yes. so for, for, for those of you who don't know uh, because people couldn't come together in large groups to for, for like a wedding reception or whatever um, justices of peace would 
do the ceremony on Zoom or on some platform or whatever and, and people get married like that and you like this kid. So yeah. why? why? Because I think it does away with a lot of traditional mm. um, norms that you feel you have to. So for me, um, the Chinese banquet is a thing. Right? Sure, yeah. Where you invite, where you where you host your your wedding in a restaurant, and then you have like friends and relatives coming together to get drunk, and you yang sing and all I that. Can I do a segue on the Chinese banquet? Yes, I yes. always think it is fucking amusing that the first when the first dish comes out, it's like drama music, dry yeah. eyes, yeah. dry eyes, then color light. Yeah, and then the waiters all come out. Or Celine Dion and Shania Twain. Yes. Wait, what? Yes, From this moment. From this moment. From this moment. And you're serving soup, eh? You're serving soup. What is happening? It's a cold Girl, dish. It's I a don't cold know dish what usually. Chinese yeah. wedding you've been to where the soup is the first course. <laughs> okay, I don't okay. know. Like, I forget. La, but check your facts. Check but, your facts. But it's always lung pan, cold platter. But it's very... I think it's very funny that it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. <laughs> no, yeah. actually, this whole drama thing makes me a bit queasy. It's this sense that, like, a lot of people feel that this the wedding, right, needs yeah. to be the most spectacular theatrical event of the yes, year. Yeah, correct. and it's so expensive. It's so expensive. You know what, like, okay... I don't know if any of my friends are listening to this, but I low-key resent sometimes being invited to people's weddings because right. in this country, you are expected to then produce like ang pao. Ang pao yes. yeah, and, and I'm just like, pay for yourself. Yeah, I'm just like, I am a struggling artist. Can no. you please don't invite me to your wedding if Do I you know, give you $200? What is, what is yeah. superbly toxic is that there are websites out there that tell you exactly websites. how much that's you right, should pay. That's right. And you know what? I, 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 if people invite me to their weddings and I love you, I would not only pay that amount, I will pay yeah. more than as a that blessing. amount. Because it's like, right. I really, as a, as a, I guess loosely a blessing, a but blessing, more for me, it's like yeah. a, a celebration of your love yeah. and, and yeah. like, this this is a token, yeah. you know? So I will more than pay that amount. No, but, but, yeah. hate but how for a lot of people, become. I think the way that the wedding industry is shaped up, first of all, it's so expensive to the point where they actually need these gifts to recoup yeah. their losses, And right? sometimes they make you write your name on the hongbao. Yes! Yeah. That's the most cynical thing. <laughs> attendance, like, yes, it's really Yes. You know what I you know, because I found out recently that the etiquette is right, even if you if you're invited, right, but you RSVP no, also must give money there. Really? Yes. Yes. I'm so upset. I was like, what do you mean? It's because we factored you in. I was right. like, then don't factor me in next time, please. I don't want to go and like see your heteronormative ceremony. <laughs> so so for me, it was like because I'm the eldest child. Mm. And and so for me, my parents sort of are the first one to get married. And my father was, I guess, really looking forward to it. And so I remember it was Chinese New Year. And I was in a, a Tipao looking dress, which is important tea information. Ah, yes, yes. Okay, important information. Oh, important information. Okay, great. So, thanks. <laughs> subsequently, the moment we entered the house, yes. my father came to us and was like, so are you going to have a Chinese wedding? And then before we could answer, my father was telling, my, telling Damien, let me explain to you the significance of a Chinese wedding. Oh. And then he went... If the Chinese, if the guy's side says they don't want, then the girl's side cannot do anything about it. Um, so, so I was like, okay, um, the guy's side said don't want. Don't want what? Don't want what? Don't want the Chinese wedding. The Chinese banquet. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so he was explaining that if, if like Damien doesn't want a Chinese wedding, then he cannot the, insist. The, the bride's family doesn't have a say in it. Like, right. we we'll just have to agree. Yeah, because right. patriarchal society, right? Right. Wow, I so, clap for that. Oh my god, your dad was so, the one who's, who said. The, who laid the rules and no, told him no he said that but then subsequently so I said okay yeah the guy's side doesn't need it <laughs> and then and my father immediately went 
what kind of a Chinese are you? <gasps> Race traitor. It was... This is many layers of problem. Like. Yeah. And that's why... <laughs> if the, the, no the, tea the... is drunk, were you really married? That's why the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why the fact that I was wearing a, a Chinese-looking tea powder dress was important. Right. Yeah, I was like, what kind of a Chinese are you? And I was just like, what on earth? And Damon felt bad for me. And so in the end, we, we had a, a four-table thing where only relatives were invited and uh. one table of friends, but it was only relatives. It's like just oh, as funerals God. are for the living, weddings are for the parents. Ab- yeah. No, absolutely I mean, yeah. right. I, I mean, totally okay, agree that's, with that. actually that's not actually true as well because like, so we talk about very theatrical, spectacular, no, yeah. big-scale weddings, right? Agreed. Honestly, the way I see it, right, is that for most people who, you know, you know, uncelebrities or whatever, right? The wedding is really that one time of their lives where they really get to be like a mini celebrity almost, or like, sure, yeah. or like really live this fantasy. And that's yeah. and that's also a, a a kind of corrosive, toxic myth, right? The yeah. idea that this is your special day, yeah. where for the woman especially, where she's being handed over to. And, not to another and then subsequently man. you yeah. don't even have your own name anymore Correct. you lose everything it's a it's threshold it's so you, yeah, annoying it's a very important <laughs> threshold that so you cross so I, I recently yeah. had a friend who posted on her Facebook and she was like I felt so affronted after we got married the next thing she knew she got a card addressed to Mr. and Mrs. the guy's name oh. and that's exactly how I feel if you go to any museum where the, where the woman is mentioned mm. it's, she's always mentioned as Mrs. Mm. male's name mm. yeah 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 sure so for Damien and I, we already agreed. I told him it was very important to me that that our kids would have a double-barreled name. Mm. Okay, right. It has okay. to be Homery. Bam, bam. Homery. Right? Okay. He said it whole what? Homery. That's so nice. Yeah. I think so, so too. Yeah. yeah. And so, so for... But then I told him that there's no point in me changing my name unless he changes his name. Because oh, we also live in a patriarchal society. Yeah. Mm. If I'm the only one doing it, it wouldn't matter. Yeah, but Damien, Damien sounds like a guy that would... Like I met him right, and I spoke yeah. to him, and he sounds like the guy that would totally be okay with this. And yes, agrees but with then Mauritian Mauritian law is a, a different system. Like it's just hard to go and change your thing. It's, it's yeah, but law right. is. I feel like sometimes law. law is always a few steps behind where society yeah. actually agrees. Is. Yeah. yeah, it's always but based it's a lot off of like centuries ago. Yeah. In this case. Anyway, the point I was trying to make actually was this right, which mm. is that like because we live in a patriarchal society and yeah. the modern wedding is now built around this narrative that oh you know like it's a very special day. Um, you know, it's like the one time in your life where you really get to live this princess fantasy, right? right? So we have to make such a big fucking spectacular deal out of it. But yeah. if you really look at the heart of it, what actually is being consecrated here, right? It is the handover yeah, of the agree. woman's life in, you know, in a very cynical yeah. way of looking at it. <laughs> it is, the exactly. handover of the woman's life and liberty yeah. to a life where statistically we know that like she's going to be overburdened with housework, childcare, uh, she loses her name in some respects, you know. Mm. It's, 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 it can be a very unequal yeah. uh, transition. So in my favourite book of all time, <laughs> again, uh, Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, which is a series of amazing like essays that are like cultural criticism. And this like is that. the third time he shouted it out. It's so such it a must great book. be really good. Everybody should get it. Trick I got it. I got it. Yeah. Right. She writes this essay called um, IV Dread, where she actually exposes, well, not exposes, she really like does a deep analysis of the, of the, of the wedding industry yeah. uh, and history of like the wedding as we know it, right? And she makes this really blistering point, which is like, in the USA, and I don't know if it's true here as well, right? Like, the, the, the responsibility of, like, organizing a wedding, you know, and, like, obsessing over the wedding and making it this, like, beautiful, like, Disney event, right? Tends to fall on the woman. Or the woman, in a way, tends to 
want to take more responsibility for it. Right. Um, and Gia Tolentino's argument is that actually this is one of the last acts of agency the woman has in the marriage before That's such she a loses. Sombering you know, thought. before she loses it to all all these you know um, patriarchal, patriarchal structures. Yeah. And 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 in a way, it's also the beginning of the unequal relationship uh, that many marriages heterosexual marriages end Jeez. up falling into and I just found that like really sobering and I just think that a lot of like the wedding industry is built around this idea that like yeah you know we need to mourn this somehow tragic event with the most fluffy confection I, and could it could it be just that it's because women tend to like I don't know I feel like women are sort of expected to fantasize about their wedding day you mm. know you have all these when you're young you have these mm. um play dates where you pretend to be mm, a yeah. bride and then you get a male person to pretend to be the mm. groom and then you pretend to get married. I remember having that when I was younger. Really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. you see, right, like, that itself is an, a function of colonialism because, right. once again, Gia Tolentino exp- uh, talks about how, like, the wedding as we know it, right, the all-white, like, train, you know, grand ceremony mm-hmm. was actually... It's very Western Yeah, construct. it was not only Western, but it was, like, based off the wedding of Queen Victoria. No way! Right. So, like, uh, one of the great British queens, right, mm. or monarchs, had this, like, really elaborate Right, and wedding. they all wanted to emulate and this. And then high society started to kind of, like, um, want to emulate it, and then it became part of the culture. Interesting. And then, you know, it became part of Western culture, and then right. because of, like, the way, the world in which we live has also become part of our culture. Mm. Because if you think about it, right, like different cultures ha- all have different kinds of like wedding traditions. Yes. But how is it that we all, you know, almost universally seem to think about like the bride in white yeah. and the wedding cake and, you know, all these traditions as somehow part of our culture as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, this is made worse with a lot of shows growing up. Like mm. w- when you were talking about this, I recall Friends, like mm. the sitcom Friends and Monica has like a wedding book. Mm. Like a wedding, mm. bo- a wedding yes. book that, and she said that she fantasized about getting married for the longest time time and she pulls out this huge folder about where to get married what to wear what yeah, cake to yeah. have all sorts of things and I mean back then when I first saw it I thought oh this is hilarious but actually looking back this is extremely toxic it's mm. a toxic way to think about yeah. your role in, in, I'm in weddings in the Singaporean context could this be because we were colonised oh yeah for sure I mean it's right. not just that we were colonised right, but also that we received so much western culture through mm. media yeah. it's like that may, it really makes me wonder like, how much of like our deepest emotional lives are conditioned by the media we watch. Right, yes. So it's like, you know, we were talking about this idea of the meet-cute, right? Yeah. In the in the rom-com Rom-coms. genre. Yes. Where it's like the pivotal scene where like the couple, the two protagonists meet for the first time and it's very cute. Mm. You know, yeah, like, and it's accidental. Yeah, it's accidental. Yeah. And it's fake, right? <laughs> and like, oh, you know, you pour coffee, you spill coffee on each other and then, oops, can I get your number? And then yeah. they get married by the end of But it, yeah, know? in reality, it's nothing like it. No, right? Of course yeah. not, but, yeah. But you were saying earlier that people you know actually pursue this idea yeah. of like the chance meeting. And, yeah, you know, or rather not that they pursue but because it doesn't happen to them they, they mm. therefore think that it isn't meant to be yet mm. whereas so, it's like so it's, a predest- it's a predetermination sort exactly. of deterministic sort of thing la. yeah and or because s- it hasn't happened then maybe it's because they haven't met the one and the problem right. with that then like cycling back to the question of the one and all these corrosive myths right it's the idea that when you meet this person the match will be so yeah. perfect that you don't yeah. have to work at that relationship yeah. but we know that that's not, not true. true all it's relationships yeah. not are work exactly right? yeah. yeah and if it's not right you just have to walk away especially if it's abusive yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. a difficult thing to do for many yeah. many people actually yeah. because they feel so comfortable 
with the fact that they have another person. Something yeah. like mm. what you were saying earlier, Joel. Yeah, mm. but also if you believe that it's meant to be, then you you think that I can work it out. Yeah. yeah. You know, but maybe some things just cannot be because, worked oh, out. It's you agreed. have to protect like, yourself. Oh, I met the love of my life because I spilled coffee at him on in Starbucks, <laughs> right? So it's meant to be. Never mind that he is emotionally manipulative, yeah. possessive. Yeah. Or and like, like, you know, a serial you know, killer. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> Offer him a tissue and walk away. Yeah. It's like, no, the meat cute overrides all of that yeah. Yeah. oh god it's so toxic <laughs> I mean there's just so much that is toxic about like relationships and the yeah. way and the and the and the rituals and structures we build around yeah. them that I worry so much that game culture has become obsessed with this as well mm. yeah right I mean like I'm constantly amused and amazed at the idea of the gay wedding right like okay. why What's yeah, like? I don't know I just think that like of all the things we <laughs> it's like sure you know um you want to fit in you want to get closer to mainstream society but sure. seriously now like gays like for for the first, you know for most of history we were exempted from the ridiculous tradition of like the expensive wedding now the gays want it too are you <laughs> saying right. that are you saying that gay marriages should not be no i mean like my main beef with gay marriage is this right which is i feel like sure if gays want to get married fine but it's become such a dominant feature of queer activism in the world today especially in right. the west it's like the dominant conversation that it tends to override other uh, points of activism like you know healthcare or like trans right. rights and things for like that for yeah. me I can understand why gays go about and make this the main point of conversation because marriage fundamentally is an economic sort of thing so having it does lead to other rights. Yeah, it does lead to other rights. So being yeah, married see, and having that piece of no, paper I is agree. really important. But okay, I mean, there's a lot of consequences to this, right? The idea that then in queer society, what becomes um, acceptable and what becomes central is a very kind of wholesome, very like, uh, to be fair, heteronormative. Yeah, yeah for sure. Are, are you saying yeah. then that... that Gay relationships that end up being defined by heteronormative norms. Completely, they're already okay. they're already beginning to fall into those lines, right? Is this idea that oh, the only kind of gay worth fighting for is the respectable gay who, right. like, actually, if he didn't tell you he was gay, you probably wouldn't know he was gay. Right. Who you know ad- <laughs> adheres to certain kinds of like gender stereotypes. Who doesn't you know who partakes in a very wholesome condo gay life no, like. I don't, I don't no, know. no no let me finish yeah, so sure. and then it becomes this thing where it's like actually what gets sidelined here right so polyamory gets sidelined people mm. with like alternative sexual practices get sidelined people with like um you know messy gender and uh, gender and sexual identities mm. get sidelined um, mm. and you know who who died and made these marriage gays you know yeah. queens of the kingdom no, right? I think, right I think I yeah. think conflating the two a little bit marriage mm. gays people or like gays who want to get married can also no. have other polyamorous, all relationships. polyamorous relationships it doesn't necessarily yeah. no, no, but like no, no it, yeah. the argument that like the only way for like um, you know the rights of marriage to be extended to people who aren't heterosexual is true marriage is fundamentally flawed because what actually we should be examining is the fact that marriage as an institution is the mm. only legal recourse for the distribution of property. Sure. It's the only legal recourse to people having like rights of visitation. Why should this specific social arrangement be the only way in which people have access to these yeah. things, right? Mm. People form families in all kinds of messy ways in this world. For sure. Because in, it's right? in a stable. Yeah. yeah. It's stable yeah. and it's historical and it's patriarchal yeah. and yeah. it's heteronormative. I think like many yeah. people now uh, find alter- an uh, alternative to this would be a right, I think if, I'm pro- if I remember right, it's a right of attorney. Right of attorney, yeah. Yeah, right of attorney where you, you get... Uh, you, if someone is your right of or you sign right of attorney or something right, b- they basically make end of life decisions for you oh. or you share you can okay. yeah. then share property I'm not sure about the details of this but perhaps that's an alternative yeah but yeah. I don't know I just think like 
I mean, this is going to sound really mean, but like, I feel like a lot of gays give up their queer birthright by chasing for wow. for normative representation. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like queer life opens up so many possibilities for you know alternative ways of living, and I feel like we kind of like lose sight of that when all we want is to fit in. I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering though that maybe you think that way, but for most people who don't have the access to a rich queer life they might feel like that is the only way yeah. to to get a normal yeah. life to lead a normal yeah. life yeah right? yeah and that really is the failure of lgbt activism yeah. no? it's like okay. when lgbt activism you know focuses on the family so to speak okay. right where it's about being where it's about oh you know the the we we we, we want queer we want families to look like this we want families right. to uh, and I feel like then what about all these people who don't want families mm. or who want different kinds of families? I mean, to know? be fair, Joe, I think we are moving away from that nice wholesome family view of mm. how how uh, this heteronormative view of, of a gay relationship. Mm. I think we are moving away from that and uh, and accepting polyamory. There's a lot more discussions. It's about not polyamory. just it's not just polyamory. You know, I mean, this yeah. is just an example like gender fluidity. You know, mm. uh, asexuality for mm. example. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. You're right, but I think we are moving away from that. It does take time, but I totally agree with you. It is a failure of marriage itself like this, mm. this if we just stick to this idea that this is the only way yeah of course we are doomed la. Mm. really the the only way to become a proper adult is to find that partner yeah if we know? if we need the law to institutionalize our relationship mm. then that's yeah a that's problem. a bit fucked up yeah. right yeah yeah. And that's what we are living with now, mm. yeah. mm. And they live happily ever after. <laughs> Pue as if no, they get divorced and they all die in a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Singapore's top gay say one. <laughs> How old are you, a kid? Wow, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm in my 30s. 30s? You also 30s? <laughs> oh, Christian. come on. I'm also 30s. I think uh, kid and I are in the same 30s. Oh, 45 <laughs> lah. Okay. Oh my god, <laughs> No, there's no shame in being old. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. 45 so. is not even old. Anyway. I'm at that age where it, it starts getting difficult to conceive. Oh okay. Ooh, Ooh. is so the so there. you are you there. you are the target demographic of all those MRT advertisements that say if you wait any longer, yeah. your eggs are gonna dry up. That's right. Yeah, and and it really cartoon sperms yeah. running around the yeah. carriages. That's yeah. so <laughs> rape. Can we just talk about that? Like the whole rapey was that, right? Do you remember? I like on the gross. MRT. Do you not remember, kid? That on the MRT for a period, right? There were these like I think National Health Board or whatever ads, right? Trying to like share facts about fertility, yeah, okay. and and so like plastered all over the MRT was sperms, like, sperm, right? Like <laughs> I love yeah, that you remember sperm cell. I remember. And even I, right, was I went to the MRT. I was like, this is this is rapey as fuck. What do you mean, even yeah. I, Joel? <laughs> I mean, like other- because like I don't, you know, like as much as I want to, necess- maybe like I'm never gonna get impregnated by sperm. Oh, I thought you were you were <laughs> okay with being in a carriage full of sperm. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily want to be bathed in cum. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, why am I talking? Oh yeah. So like, we are at an age now, right, where people are like starting to have kids. Like, I have so many friends who popped a few out already, yeah, and it's, it's it's just weird because like I'm so far away from them in my own life, right? Like I I'm barely able to sort myself out at this point in my life. Like, I can I can't even really properly conceive, literally conceive, <laughs> but also like you know imaginatively conceive of having kids. But I don't know about where you guys are at. Mm. Mm. Kid. So for me, it's 
it's like a and I, I'm very happy talking about this and Damien is okay with it because I think we need to talk about the fact that sometimes people try and it doesn't happen mm, yeah, and it's just thing. not that easy right and maybe we don't want to have IVF even though it is available wait wait, wait. so you, you guys are trying to have kids we're trying time. but mm. I mean we just started trying mm. so we're not at that stage where we need to think about IVF but mm. we are we are trying and I got an ovulation kit as well and I've been trying and it turns out that some months you just don't ovulate because oh, of stress. Oh, so your 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 menstrual cycle goes a bit whack, lah. Because of no, stress. it's still so for me. It still happens regularly, but I don't know on the pee stick. It just doesn't register. Okay, as ovulating. That's, that's interesting. Wait, yeah. what's she talking about, Kishan? So <laughs> <laughs> I need the science perspective. So now. basically, yes. ovulation ovulation is a stage in the menstrual cycle where basically the egg is re- uh a, an egg is released from the fallopian tubes, and it's basically stationing in the oviduct, waiting to get. Um, fertilized. That's basically mm. it. And you're saying that for some months, that does not happen for you. What doesn't happen? That, uh, ovulation doesn't happen for you. Yeah, ovulation doesn't happen, but I, I menstruate. You menstruate. So it could yeah. be... I, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but but from my knowledge, it could just be something to do with your follicle-stimulating hormone, and you know, your estrogen, progesterone levels, so all these sort of things. Like, but okay. that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No, I've, I've gone to Kishan for advice before. I'll be like, I just did this. Do you think I could be pregnant? Because it was like, you know... Yeah, uh, in, in place what? of... In place, in, in place of a medical practitioner, let's yeah. ask the... The, <laughs> the, the bio the, teacher. The bachelor of science. <laughs> yeah. 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 With no, honours. Yeah, with honours. <laughs> oh, you know, no, you got master's degree in science education now. Degree, now yeah. So. yeah. Mm. But um, that's besides the point. Yeah, what were we talking about? Kids. <laughs> yes, children. So, so for me, I... I It's very interesting. So, I'm... I'm at this stage where Damien and I we, we we didn't used to know whether we want to get, have kids you know mm, right. it was we weren't sure about it but it was only recently we got a cat and we were like okay maybe we're ready <laughs> okay wait wait, wait, wait. That, no 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 that's okay that's so I, interesting if you're serious right what about getting the cat suddenly sparked off this like line of thought it was like a it's very nice to care for another living thing mm. but no matter what a cat can't return that love in that sense I mean they can but not in a, the way like a person can yeah. so you, you know in a way that you understand another human being why not cat to dog like dogs are yeah. to be a lot more affectionate dogs are smelly chinchilla wow <laughs> no caterpillar butterfly no. <laughs> so, right okay so children yeah so so it was very interesting. So we both had that thing where we were like, okay, you know, maybe we're ready for kids. Mm. Okay. But it was interesting. And so for me, I think when I want children, it's a lot of it is curiosity, I think, rather than any deep maternal instinct. That, that's so fascinating to me because like the way I've heard people talk about it is really like, yeah, I just felt the time was right. I felt I was ready. I felt like I was ready to be Correct. completed. Yeah. You oh, know? Gosh, um, no. So I mean, I've heard that as well. So okay. it's interesting to me to hear that for you, it's just like, oh, what would it be like? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I guess my, my, my mm. question to you is like, actually, how, I mean, genuinely, is it really just mm. this curiosity or is there something else you feel that's like, yeah, so honestly, I think that's a very difficult question to mm. answer. I, I feel like, for me, if I were to be a mother, there needs to be an element of surprise. Right. <laughs> Even though I'm prepared. <laughs> yeah, that would be the ideal situation. So how come got, hey, yeah. got wings? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> because then... One time pop tree. Yeah, exactly, and you're done, right? It's painful, childbirth is painful. Mm, sure. So right. I've heard, like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, financially, I mean, that's one thing, but... I think my family is quite quite supportive and stuff like that. And I'm just like done with it. And my mom will start asking questions. Mm. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, oh, three are very good. Okay, done. Next. Done. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh gosh. But for me, it's 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 hard. It's hard to say like, yeah, I want it. Because I think for a woman, it's a bit different. Because mm. you know that you have to give up certain things and your career is going to take a mm. hit. No matter how progressive the fam- the, the company is, mm. you know, you have to be prepared for the eventuality. I agree, yeah. Mm. Right? That they can say they're very progressive, but then until it actually happens, maybe your team dynamics is a different thing. Mm. Yep. Right, so so it is something that I think I think women really have to struggle with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, have to be so like at peace with. Yeah. Right. Mm. I mean, like I I have noticed lah, and like you know, I've had I've had friends who've um become pregnant and had kids who just talk about how like there's an entire industry and culture around motherhood that's very like pastel color and <laughs> you know very wholesome, very like right. oh hi mommy, oh mm. happy mamas, mm. and it's all very like mm, have you like you know and it's 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 this kind of like cuddly soft no, toy oh version when actually the reality of it is quite brutal. I'm so and, glad that my yeah. friends are not like that. Mm, they yeah? they literally tell you what happens mm. like blocked milk ducks and the husband will have to suck to unclog. I'm your sorry. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing yes. of this. Wow. So, Why not use a pump? Um it's not strong enough. So human suction. That's right. Wow. Yeah. I mean double up as sex la, and after that go for it. La. I don't know whether a man will be turned on after that. <laughs> I, see, I see. Yeah, I mean, generally, like, men, men who are turned off by the biological apparatus of child-rearing and childbirth... That's the fuck, movie Alien, yeah, right? Can, can just go fuck, fuck off. The right, can fuck go right, right off. Fuck right off. Yeah. There's so many movies about that. About yeah, actually, like, the, I mean, like yeah. the mother, yeah. the, the figure of the grotesque mother and yeah. motherhood and childbirth as a trope in horror, yeah. completely oh, yeah, misogynistic. Yeah. Yes. You know, for me, I, I have a very not... I guess uh, a view that is not really favoured about childbirth like, about, about children I think that we should all stop reproducing mm. like this is where this is where I'm, I, and I know it's not a popular view and I know yeah. and I, I again I have friends who are currently pregnant or who have given birth yeah. and I actually have told this to some of them to their face I think mm. like we should all just stop yeah I'm a, and I come from the point of view of... It's an ecological perspective. No, also that, but also... Yeah, actually, you know what? Just that. E- ecological, yeah. economical. We're, we're just too much. Yeah. We, I think we are the disease on this earth. Yeah. And I think we should yeah. stop for a bit. No, I think if we are honest with ourselves, having children is a very selfish reason. It's a very selfish thing yeah, to do. it's a very la. selfish thing. It's for yourself, right? And for your, for your yeah, relationship. So I'm mean, like, curious to unpack that a little bit, right? What yeah. actually is the selfish reason for having kids? Like... As someone who I've not thought about having kids, probably mm. won't have kids and don't really want to have kids, right? So I'm, I'm curious, what, what's the motivation there? I think one, it could be, you know, carrying on the family name. Sure. Right? And then the other thing is the fact that you can, mm. maybe. <laughs> for, I think... for me, for, for me, my mother, uh, she, so, so, like long ago she was like oh you should have kids of your own and I, mm. I, I dangled the the idea of adoption to her and she was like absolutely not you cannot right. adopt you should have kids mm. of your own so something about like the bloodline exactly but and you've also wanted kids right you had point, like at, names and stuff like at that at some point I, 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 I actually have a name for a, like a a, a potential son and a, but like given a, your yeah. beliefs about given your beliefs about reproduction, you're thinking you'd likely adopt this. Is what you're saying? No, that's what I thought at first, but uh, even now I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, even now I just, I just now I just don't want children because mm. like I just don't want. But how, very did, how did you switch? How did you change from like wanting children and even having names to? Uh, I think teaching that you're bad. Did, took away a lot. <laughs> 
teaching, know what you mean. Kishan students, if you're listening, you killed his dream. You killed his hopes and dreams. I keep telling them that they're all my children. Like they're all. Yeah, I know. I don't think it's a huge thing because I really take care of them. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. At some point, they really feel like my kids. Yeah, there is a bond. Yeah, there is a bond that forms with with most of them, right? So after a while, you go like, you know, I'm just tired. Yeah, I like raised a lot of children already. And it spoils names for you. For me, right? For me, I am terrified of passing on my neurosis and my anxiety and my insecurity to a next to another generation. Yeah, right? because like I have, it's like that Philip Larkin poem, right? They fuck you up, your mum and dad. It's like I mean, <laughs> I know from my life and from my parents and my from my friends' lives, many yeah. of my friends' lives, how like um parenthood on many levels is the passing on of certain kind of trauma to the next generation and like mm. my life is so messy and fucked up I'm mm. not sure I, I want that responsibility um, and I'm, I, so I think like people who decide to have kids like I think to varying degrees right have this thought as well. I think you always think that you will not repeat the mistakes that your That's what you made. want to think, right? Yeah. No, but yeah. I don't think I don't think that. It, yeah. But then, even at the age level. of thirty-three, I see myself turning into versions of my parents, and oh. I'm thinking like, what's to stop that me from so like true. becoming them? Literally, yes. right? Yeah. Not that I, I mean I love my parents, right? But like, it's like no one's perfect, yeah. right? And yeah. I and like add their imperfections to my imperfections, and yeah. then they become this like mix of toxins that I pass on to someone else, right? Adopted or otherwise, no, right? So I, for you, Joel, yeah. it's like a flat no. You don't. Want want to have kids at I, all. I think I would I think I would be a terrible parent yeah I see yeah I'm too self-centered and impatient right yeah <laughs> I mean like 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 I said my stand is that I think we should all stop reproducing mm. and I don't think I like like kid you pointed out I went from wanting kids to not wanting my own kids but adopting and now flat out not wanting kids at all I I don't but what I want to say is that I don't um like all my friends are having kids right now and I, I, I don't begrudge them this. You know, like like if you want to have kids, go and have kids. And I, I don't I don't like go to their face and go like, oh, this is terrible. Look at the carbon footprint you're leaving. No, I, I won't do that. Yeah, I won't never be, do to that. To be honest, right, the individual should not be held responsible for like, you know, making the great climate change that we need. Right? Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's a great yeah. point, Joe. Mm. I, I don't think I don't think the individual is responsible. I think governments have failed us all around. Yeah. Polit- like many, many people have failed mm. us. But what I want to say is that is, is it possible for me to love my friend's kids right. very much? Like, a fine example is actually my sister's kids, my two nephews. Like, every time I see them, I feel this huge, like, love in me. Mm. And, I, and I go like, oh, is this what's like having kids? Right. Yeah. Maybe that's then, it. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's it. But after 10 minutes, I'm like, here you go, take <laughs> them back. You know? right. Yeah, I'll love, a, I'll love a child yeah, as much yeah. as I can hand it back it to its yes. parents. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely correct. I love a child as much as I can hand it back to its parents. That's where I met with kids. Yeah. <laughs> But you definitely, like, want the pitter-patter of little feet. For now, but I feel like if it doesn't happen, I think we will be okay with it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. What happens if you have no... Like, it's okay if you have absolute... I, I really... I can't imagine us trying for IVF. We'll just be like, okay, let's say for a retirement village. Retirement village? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Like a two-year round-the-world cruise. Yeah, why not, right? And then it, that it's just... glorious. Life becomes about us and the money is just invested into making our lives rich. Yeah, see, that's the right? thing, right? It's like, okay, not only do I feel this strange kind of inherited, like, psychological trauma from my parents, right? But it's also, like, this guilt that somehow I took away something from their lives. Right. Because I'm looking at it, right? I'm... I mean, I'm not yet the age at which my mom had me, right? But like, mm. I'm getting, I'm getting there. She had me at 36. Okay. And I'm thinking, wow, if I had a child now, 
my whole life would change. Oh, yeah, my oh, entire yeah. career trajectory would change. Yeah. My income goals would change. I would lose so much freedom. So much of my identity would change. Mm. And you know, if I were a woman, right? God knows the kinds of transformations I would go through. Yeah. The amount of sacrifice in this society I would go through. Mm. Like, I, I don't know that I could handle that personally. And I think, oh my God, what did my mom have to go through to have yeah. me, right? And right. then like, it's this weird guilt that I feel, right. which is like, you know, do I have to feel this guilt? Because it's like, you know, I didn't ask to be born, but mm. I was, right? But then it's this, you know, there's this cocktail yeah. of complicated the, the feelings. The rational yeah. side of me is like, that's what parents have to live with. Mm. Yeah. It's a decision that a you make. Is. It's a decision that yeah. you make. Like, I mean you, you yeah. don't you don't go in for most for most parents, I think, you don't go in thinking, okay, it's gonna be easy. Yeah. You know you're gonna go in with the big word sacrifice. Yeah. And a lot of things are gonna go and but you're gonna and I think many parents think that they're gonna gain a lot of it from the uh, from the process as well. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think part of being a parent, the struggle of being a parent is knowing that your child might not be what you want them to be. They oh, never will, that's for sure. right? Because yeah. it's like, how do you control that? And if you, you control that, then there's abuse, right? Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. what I want to talk about is that my my mom still thinks that I should have children. Now she's now she's warmed up right. to the idea of adoption because she worries that when I get old, yeah, I will have no one, no one to, to take care of you. after yeah. me. And she she paints this really terrible picture of me like falling down, breaking my legs. What does she and, say? And like, what happens if you fall down and you're my age and then you <laughs> and then you slip and then you break your arm and your legs and then you just die or like oh. things like that lah? And I go like. Wow, that's <laughs> the thought process that you are having now, probably. But you know is, what? She's projecting. Yeah, she's projecting. Yeah. No, she's absolutely projecting. But she also makes a good point. If let's say, Joel, like you and I, we don't want to have children, right? And uh, let's say we multiply that by however many number of people that don't want to have children. Are we all going to live in a commune? You see, no, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's why, why you need to save that, for retirement no, village. Precisely. Okay, like how much of this responsibility needs to be borne by the state? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. A, the state... Um, you know, and how much of it needs to be about forming family units and ideas of family yes. that extend yes, beyond correct. the dynastic and beyond yeah. the genealogical, Biological, yeah. friendships, yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, friendships and, and things like that can also function in the same way, That's right? exactly yeah. what yeah. I say to my mom. So in, yeah. in this conversation, I actually bring you up, Joel. I say, oh no, I have, my best friend also doesn't mm. feel this way and like, uh, you know, if, if we are, we're there for each other, so if he's 60 <laughs> and if he breaks a hip, I'll take him to the hospital. I, I, I mean, I'm not... I, <laughs> oh, that's so funny because like after we saw the play John by the playwright Annie Baker at oh, a National yeah. Theatre in London, which takes place in this really bizarre Airbnb in the in the American Midwest, right? <laughs> Where this dotty old woman runs this eccentric BNB and then like she's just crazy, right? With and, her friend, right? Yeah, with her friend. And then these two young people turn up and they're like completely bowled over. All Kishan and I could say at the end of this very beautiful play was that's us. Right? We are the two dotty, we are the two old, dotty women. old women who are going to run this Airbnb. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I have told Damon something similar before. Like, increasingly, I told him that because I have a lot of single friends around me. I actually yeah. have a lot of single friends around me, whether mm. they're gay or not. And and I, I just told him that, you know, it would be great if we have a house and people can just come and live with us and we mm. just all live together. Mm. And how does Damien take to the idea? Nothing. It's just, it's new to him. But I, I do bring a lot of that to the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's amazing. And he's like, okay. That's good. I feel, yeah. like, I, I feel like queer people... So this is part of what I was trying to say earlier about like, you know, the the, the problems when queer, queer communities try and fit themselves into very heteronormative structures is that do we then lose sight of right. the radical possibilities for other ways of organizing communities yeah, I feel that, you know. that yeah. queer people have yeah. already discovered by dint of necessity, right? Yeah. It's like, mm. you know, like you think about how 
uh, you know, you watch a show like Pose, for example, and you see like ball culture. Pose on way, Netflix? Yeah, Pose on Netflix, and you see how, you know. In, What's it, ball culture? Ball is, okay, basically, the, the show Pose is a depiction of like the queer underground in New York in the 1980s, right? Where a lot of people who were queer people who were thrown out of their, thrown out by their families because they were queer find their own families okay. in the streets, right? And then they look after each other and they care for each other, but they're not, you know, it's a common saying in queer communities that you find your own family, right. you yes. find your tribe. And queer, queer people have had to do this for, you know, ages because of the society that we live in. Mm. And they formed models um, for organizing. Uh, you know, so the idea of the commune, for example, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a lot of that is drawn from queer life. Okay. It's drawn from radical Marxist life, yeah. you know, anarchist life. So people who like have already stepped outside of the mainstream have already found models for organizing communities outside of marriage and, you know, the typical family. Because we all know how... You know, some people are lucky to be born into stable families and loving families, but many people are born into abusive families mm. right. and unstable families, right? Yeah. So, w- how do we take care of everybody? And yeah. like, it's I think it, it, the state has some responsibility, but then equally also, you know, we we sh- we have responsibility to expand our imagination. Yeah, yeah, mm. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Kisha and I are going to run a, an Airbnb at the yeah, end of our life. We'll be too dotty. Yeah, uh, dotty where we will, every day we'll just think up, think up new yeah. ways to scare One her. room will be haunted. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and you'll be the ghost. Don't go in that room. You know what it'll be haunted by? Playback. Oh. Playback of this podcast. <laughs> we'll just put a speaker oh hiding in the teddy bear. I was going to say our youth. But it's the same <laughs> So, Joel, you know the brand Durex or not? Huh? What's that? Oh, oh dear. That's I only know that. Okonomoto. Ah, can, can. <laughs> but I, but I'll, I'll go with Durex. Huh? The condom maker. Oh. They, uh, mm. they also make lube, FYI. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you're, you're right. They ranked Singapore, get this, uh, they ranked Singapore for three straight years near the bottom of its list of sexually active nations. This was this was in 2005, so it's a bit dated. But you know what? I don't think we've progressed Maybe if they've ranked Singapore for three gay years, it will look a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> so, thi- so, this got me thinking, Wait, wait, what you know, was the funny? Like, Singapore is the least sexually active. Yeah, the least sexually active nation. Based on what? Their sales of condoms? Uh, I guess this is... Uh, no, they, they actually conducted surveys. Oh, like, okay. Um, I thought it's like, does it okay. just mean that Singaporeans are having a lot of unprotected sex? Yes, no, right? No, no, no. no. It's, uh, they... they I think they polled like a thousand Singaporeans. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and of what asked, age group? Uh, twenty-five to forty. Okay. Or, or younger than forty. They didn't. They didn't say how young, but younger than forty. Yeah. So this got me thinking. You know, how are Singaporeans having sex? No. What's the question? What actually is supposed to be a healthy number of times you have sex a month? They don't say. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. What? Let's go around this yeah. panel mm. of esteemed like panelists. Right. What would you say <laughs> per week? <laughs> No, per month. Let's say per month. No, it's so different when you're in a marriage and trying to have children. Right. You do it when you're ovulating. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, okay let's no, say... Okay, sure. let's, that let's, becomes a biological okay. function, yeah. Yeah. right? What, okay, let's say... Uh, let's assume... Now we're all, let's say, um, dating. Yeah. Right. Right, maybe we're dating... Maybe... Are we in relationships? Let's say... Yeah. yeah. Let's say we're all in relationships. Yeah. Okay. Like, what is a healthy amount of sex we'd be having in a month? In a month, uh, I, for me, it's like at least once a week. Long. I want to say once a week as well. Yeah, wow. that's where I'm at. I've been in relationships where I've not had sex for three years. Is it long distance? No, it was, you know. Okay. Yeah, and then 
It was and just then, a bad and relationship. Then, <laughs> and then once a once a week. Once a week. Wow. I don't think Wait, so. but are we when we say sex, is it like a particular type? Any of form sex? of like erotic. No, like any form okay. of erotic contact, I would yeah, think. It doesn't okay. have to be you know penetrative or penetrative, whatever. Penetrative, yeah. okay. Which is a whole thing, right? right. Yeah. 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 So um, okay, for me, sexual contact should be once a week. And mm. I think that's healthy because I don't know, I, but you know what? This is actually a difficult question to answer because at different stages of your relationship, you also tend yeah. to, this this sexual intimacy looks different. Yeah. Intimacy looks different. Yeah. That's great. That's wonderfully put. And yeah, yeah you're, you're sexually active in different ways, yeah. right? Sometimes like sitting down on the couch and just watching a movie and then holding yeah, hands and, and kissing is also very intimate and can be very fulfilling yeah. as opposed to like full on penetrative porn mm. sex. You know? Yeah, you know, like yeah. just oh fisting. Yeah, oh oh fisting. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I took a turn for the moment. <laughs> yeah. So, from the woman's point of view, orgasms are not that frequent. Like, it doesn't really what happen do for women. Penetrative sex doesn't always lead to an orgasm. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. right. So, I don't know whether you've heard of this, but for uh, for there are some surveys, um, I think recently there was something on the news, that for men, they define sex as when they, when come. they come, mm, right? Sure. But for a woman, it's when she doesn't Correct. feel pain. Correct. <laughs> oh my god! That is, is that a surprise to you? That is a, that is a horrible confusion. <laughs> oh like, my god. I just I just felt the full <laughs> weight of the women's studies department like on my shoulders. Are you That's serious? Intense. Yeah, when when they she don't doesn't feel, feel pain, pain. That is so sad. I feel terrible. Oh my god. Yeah. I okay, I, I'm I familiar so with this terrible. concept. Not not about the feel pain thing, but like the whole like so I remember I don't know where I read it, but when I was like first starting to have sex, right? And then I was like what actually counts as a sexual encounter? And I remember reading somewhere With when man, both parties it? come. Yeah, okay. I'm gay, so obviously okay. a man. It's like when both parties come. And then now in my life, right, I'm just like, uh, actually, if I can come, right, it's like a rarity already. Right. right. So I don't necessarily. I don't think ejaculation is yeah. necessary. No, I don't even think like ne- orgasm necessarily should be the end goal of yeah. of sex or the right? marker of a good. Sexual yeah, encounter. yeah, it's 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 it's. I mean, like obviously, once again, right? It's a narrative that we've inherited. Yeah, from it's porn. one of those toxic things. Yeah. yeah, but if you look at enough porn, right? As mm. I do, and you study like the, <laughs> you study in you study the cuts and the editing, you notice right that just before they come, there's always a cut because like obviously they need to work towards it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like the guy says, "Oh, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come," and then it's always a cut, and then like it's like what maybe an hour later. Oh, you film studies the porn now. It's not even film studies, it's it's just like, it's obvious, right? Just like, don't (laughs) lie to me. Don't lie to me. Right, right, right. No, a lot of porn... Porn is extremely toxic. We know that porn yeah. is yeah. not reality and unfortunately, I think we all agree yeah. porn forms the yeah. basis of how we Okay, but yeah. when we talk about porn, are we looking at porn that is for women? Or are you talking about porn? Oh, that's porn? a good question. That's like, a I mean, I, I watch porn that's... that's I watch porn that's made for gay men, like, which is, you okay. know... Uh, which can actually be porn for women. I enjoy porn that's made for women as well. Okay. Yeah, straight, right, because the perspective yeah. is on the on the mm. man, I guess, right? Or... It's on the just, women it's, enjoying or themselves? Or just different. I, like, I enjoy seeing... Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. So... So when I was when I mean there were times when I stumbled onto porn and it was very aggressive when you have the man's hand on the woman's yeah, head yeah, and yeah, it's like pushing yeah, and I'm just uh, like I cannot imagine anyone enjoying that. Right. Except I mean, a straight man. I mean like not you know, to king shame or anything. Obviously there are people who enjoy that. Who yeah, might, but and you think about and you think about the quote that sex is all about power mm. when you watch something like that. Mm. Sure. You know? Yeah. I I, I don't know. I I think like what Joe was saying, there are many people out there and there are many people with differing tastes. So I can see how certain people might enjoy that. Yeah. But I also if the vast majority of representations of sex between men and women is yeah. like that, that's a problem. Yes. Because like, mm-hmm. exactly. you know, the thing about porn is that it actually doesn't reflect the diversity no, of yeah. ways. No, yeah. It's a fantasy, oh. isn't yeah, it's, it? Yeah. And 
it is a fan and sometimes I wonder if people know that enough. Mm. Um like I've had sex with people who are like who don't who try and have porn sex with me in bed. I'm just like, girl, do you see what you're working with? Like right. I what do lit- you mean? What is it's that? Like, <laughs> like there's like the way they talk and then the way you know the way they like the things they want to do. I'm just like, girl. It's like, girl, do you see what you're working with? I cannot do a handstand. Right now. They want yeah. you to do acrobatic no, I mean, sex. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay, you're, you're exaggerating. Yeah. Right. But you know what? Can I just say that sometimes porn sex, like trying to enact porn sex, can be very, very hot. Mm. And I'm all for it. I'm mm. here for it. You know, like, but it, it is, it is a fantasy, la, And mm. you, as long as you go in realizing that this is a fantasy, yeah. and that you can pull out of this fantasy, haha, <laughs> at any time, <laughs> then I think it's okay, lah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think some people just have difficulty when like the fantasy and real life become so intertwined. Mm. When uh, the primary the primary way we receive our sexual instruction is through porn, right? That's a problem, you know. Um, I I, ju- I just think that is worrying. Like, I personally am on a porn fast right now. Are you serious? I, yeah, I just I, feel, I don't like how it makes me feel about my body, and I don't like how it makes me feel about what I should or should not be doing in bed. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it's like I, I don't know um, But I just want to cycle back At this point To what you started saying Right Which is this idea the Of the women's Yeah the pain. women's orgasm And like how women Define sex as not having pain That's first mm. of all So heartbreaking It is Yeah But it really doesn't happen for. So I've asked A few of my friends I'm closer to of course And I'll ask them Very honestly Like do you have An orgasm When you have Penetrative sex mm. And All of them said no Are you kidding Are you serious Yeah, yeah It just doesn't happen it really doesn't happen and it only happens I think when you are super comfortable, you're really okay being vulnerable mm. and this is a mix of not just um, heteronormative relationships but also lesbian relationships. Sure. Right. Yeah. Where you really feel super comfortable and... Trusting. Yeah, and trusting. Mm. Yeah. Of course, there are some women who are like Samantha in Sex and the City where <laughs> where you're yeah. biologically built such that you can have an orgasm. She's very, a walking clitoris. Yeah, right? very, yeah. But <laughs> very easily. For, for, for these friends that you've questioned, is not having a, an orgasm a problem? No, because you have come to expect it. <gasps> that's, oh. that's... As in, it's just what it is. And it but, ends when the guy climaxes. But isn't that then a whole world of... Pleasure that is, is just taken away from a woman because they, if this is how they think sex so, is, then they would. So just... I would say that if I think for if you are in a more open relationship, where open where where the guy also wants to talk about how to make you yeah uh, feel pleasure, equal and balanced, yeah. right? Yeah. Then then you talk about I guess the introduction of toys mm. of like taking more time, mm. right? Yeah, because it takes a lot of time. Mm. No, sure, sure, and yeah. perhaps guys and guys are not patient enough for that or they are very selfish in their needs yeah maybe this is mind blowing I know you know why it's mind blowing to me it's because I feel like people were having this conversation in the 90s and we're still having it now in that it's like guys come on especially straight men step up your balls right like what how is how are we still having sex today that is not like you know built on negotiation trust mm. and communication yeah it's like how we not still not having that sex how are we still having sex where bam bam boom come go you mm. know it, i mean mm. especially <laughs> in a relationship right is like, it wham bam thank you man yeah wham bam thank you wow, man wow well done <laughs> oh oh i oh is that the origin oh that is the origin wham, bam, <laughs> thank you ma'am yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. I, swear, I i feel very lucky that like moving to the uk i've had like uh i've, I've hooked up with a lot of people from you know who are queer and where like concept 
consent, for example, and like consent-based sex mm. and communication are very important. Even in a casual hookup, right? It's right. all about can I do this? Can I do that? How does that feel? Is this okay? okay. And there's something about asking these questions that makes mm. you immediately feel very relaxed okay. and you feel very trusting already. How does that look like? It's just like, um, even before you go like, you know, like how there is a kind of sex where you just automatically go down and give give a guy a blowjob for example okay. right but then like what if you preface that with that with, with is it okay can I go down on you or it's like can I touch you here can I touch mm. you there how does that feel are you feeling okay and like you know you you, you, you win someone's trust before you start getting right. super or you communicate about what exactly is that you guys are gonna do before you start doing the thing rather than assuming that someone is just like open to it yeah. so you discuss the boundaries yeah it's, I feel it's very okay. important like yeah. for me for example I have a lot of anxieties about sex because I have a lot of anxieties in my body right so actually you touching me in a place without asking me first can feel right. like Invasive. I mean I'm not gonna say like oh don't do that but it will make me suddenly go like oh okay that's what you wanna do and then like my brain will right. freeze and my but body you might will, not be ready for it I might not be ready okay. for it or I feel like I need to have a conversation with you it's like actually when you touch me there this makes me feel a certain way right. and that's actually working against my enjoyment yeah um, so, so I feel like mm. I feel you know on some level I can see how people think oh this just takes the fun and spontaneity out of the thing but at another level it's like actually we are all very damaged beings <laughs> right? yeah and yeah. sex is so intimate correct and yeah. like, you need so much vulnerability to really like you know go places with it yeah. that, like why aren't we having more conversations right yeah, yeah. actually yeah. Uh, on the point of consent there was a survey that was done quite recently uh, it's published on uh, today and I think in the Straits Times on 6th August so it's quite recent uh, that let's uh, say that many young people and I think young here is defined as 18 to 25 mm. they they is it not 18 to 35 no no I think okay. it's I think, oh. I think the survey is 25? 25 oh okay so we're not young already <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the service concluded that most young people know about giving consent for sex, but some have trouble in certain scenarios. So basically, what they did was that they, in this survey, they, they laid out specific scenarios and they asked men and women of this uh, of that age group whether consent was given. And for and for most of these scenarios, the male respondents were likelier were likelier than the female ones to state that consent was actually given. Right. So yeah. so meaning that the male was more likely to say that, oh, consent is... Yeah, there so was consent basically, was consent like, there. the male party has lower standards for consent than the a- female party. Apparently. Yeah. So and, and yeah. I think I think I wonder how they measured that. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's a yes or no whether consent is given and or not. And scenario-based. La. La, scenario-based. Right. So I think this is a problem because then we're going to have situations where men will think that it's okay to go, mm. okay to carry on with the sexual act when actually it might not have been because clearly yeah. there's a disparity. Mm. Because sometimes sometimes you might interpret consent when there is silence, when there is not a no. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 There's not an explicit yes, but there is not I a mean, no. like, I'm not a woman, right? No. But I also think, like, there could be a situation in which, like, a, a vulnerable party thinks that the thing to say now is yes, mm. when actually they that's not what they want to do at all. Right? And it's scary. Yeah, but because mm-hmm. there was one, so there is this quote, Margaret Atwood, I think, is the, the attributor, that so she said that when a, a man's a man's greatest fear is being laughed at by a woman, but mm. a woman's greatest fear is being killed. Oh, so yeah, I see that. In that context, you can see why mm. a woman might, you know, mm. give consent, right? Mm. Because she's probably feeling vulnerable and yeah, yeah, and it's just the power dynamics is different. It's like yeah. even this thing where we say consent equals yes right mm. is problematic yes, because it's like yes can, there are many ways and reasons why a person might say yes even so mm. it's all about reading all kinds of cues yeah. yeah but I like what you said about having a conversation yeah it so must. it doesn't depend on cues it doesn't depend on anything yeah. abstract mm. or and 
yeah. I, I also like what you say about conversation because a conversation, your convers- like, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but when you were having that conversation, it was continuous. It wasn't just one con- No, no, it wasn't at the start. You know, exactly. it's like just throughout the whole session. Correct, right? because yeah. I think consent, once given, can be taken, taken away. away. And yes, people absolutely. must understand that. Yeah. Yep. In midway, somebody says, no, you have to stop. You yes. can't just say, I'm sorry, you said yes. Yep. You know, we you say know? all this, correct. right? But like, I'm thinking that I was socialized as a man. Right, and yeah. I am male in this society, and like I, we know all the privileges and yeah. problems that come with of that. Course. I sometimes look back at you know what's happening in the world today with the whole Me Too thing, and I think I'm fairly, mm. you know, I'm very progressive and liberal, but I worry that because of my socialization as a man, that like you know with partners that I've been with before, I I worry that I have done things that are sexually yeah. yeah I've harassed someone I might have sexually harassed someone I might push someone to do something you know against their will mm. and you know I don't know and that really that really scares me yeah. that, that's really great to hear because the other things that I've heard is also that that there are people who are then worried what it's like to be a man there are so many things I can't do now Will I going to be um, just put in jail or will I be slapped? Yeah, I think that's, really, yeah. that's really the extreme end of it, right? It's like, if, if we just normalize a culture where people have frank and honest conversations about what they <clears throat> want and want, and also like, as a result of these conversations, start to change the expectations of what a sexually fulfilling encounter can mm. look like. We we can move past it yeah. because it's like, oh, you don't have to stick that in me for it yeah. to be sex. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know what? I think uh, this podcast episode can MOE can take for their sex ed class. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Sex ed class. Yeah. Do consider us the high the higher powers at MOE. If you're listening, uh, yeah. Apparently, they always are. Right? Yeah, there's always like a higher power listening, right? <laughs> It'd be nice to be remunerated. <laughs> mm, please, us. please consider. Wow, Kate, I think that was an extra long conversation. Oh, it was so good, though. So, so I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. Thanks, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really great. Mm-hmm. So, thank you. Uh, this is an episode that's so wonderful because not only do we have you, we also have Singapore's <laughs> top gay. Oh, who are Mia? Yes, Mia. Sure. Singapore's oh, top gay. Oh, 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 i just like to thank my mother and father for accepting mm, me for who I am. Correct. And i also like to like say to all the other nominees in the category. Like who are? Uh, Ivan Heng. Oh, uh, Ivan Heng. You know, yeah, and all the insta-gays who reject me on Grindr. Correct. You know, thanks so much for not winning. <laughs> But seriously, thank you so much, Kit, for thank coming you. on thank to this Kit. podcast and having such an amazing conversation. Thank you, best thing I've done this year. Oh, wow. this year? Yeah, I mean, it's a very sad year. <laughs> to be, yeah, to be honest, like, the standards are quite low for this year. Yeah, la, so, so I'm glad we yeah. caught you at 2020. Yeah. Great. <laughs> okay, any other year, we just be like, oh, that thing I did last week. Yeah, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Alright, thanks very much for joining us, Kit. Thanks, and guys. thank you, dear listener, for joining us on this mm-hmm. extra special episode of T for 2 for 3. Yes. This has been Joel signing off. And this is Kishan signing off. And this is Kit. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.